Welcome to College Q&A. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right, we are rolling with our newest episode. And the question, how do I learn to forgive? This is such an important question and one that we would be wise to consider. There's a passage in Matthew 18 where Peter comes to Jesus and brings this question to him. How many times should I forgive? This is something that if you've paid attention to what's going on around the world, um, obviously we have something new developed lately, which is I've seen it referred to as the cancel culture. Uh, And it's a fascinating thing that's happening is that everyone will find something that somebody has done wrong, and it's wrong. Absolutely. What's happened, though, is that we have just completely disregarded and said, that person's done with, cancel it, over. You're done, it's done. There's no moving forward with this. And I think there's got to be a better way Right, like obviously uh, we've got to call wrong wrong, but I'm saying that I think the the easiest thing to do is yeah, just cancel it. The harder thing to do, but the best thing to do is how do I make peace in this situation? How do we enter a discussion to talk about what was wrong, so that said person who did what was wrong can learn from it and move forward and not repeat the same mistake again? And obviously, a huge part of this piece is forgiveness, and so that's what we're talking about today. I'm so glad you're listening in, and I'm so glad about our guest. We have a returning guest with us today, someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for that I have the privilege to work alongside with here at First Baptist Church, my good friend Mike Cloud. Mike, thanks for joining today. Glad to be with you, DJ, as we look at this just great topic, uh, obviously a huge theme in the Bible, the, the theme of forgiveness. All right, so let's jump into it. You know, just that what's your first thought? You know, you hear the question, how do I learn to forgive? Because if we're honest, I think, you know, there's that fleshly side of us. So for even everyone who believes in Jesus, you know, yes, has the spirit, also has the flesh, which means we're tempted not to forgive. There are things that, you know, so just what comes to mind when you hear that question, how how do I learn to forgive? DJ, so many of us, we learn forgiveness in the home uh, or, or the environment in which we were raised. I was raised in a home of four boys. There was a lot of need for forgiveness in a house of four boys, if you know what I'm saying. And as, as I remember when I was young, and, and imagine this, four boys, two sets of twin sons. So my older brothers uh, were five years older, so imagine say, a couple of four-year-olds in the house and then a couple of nine-year-olds. It was quite, um, well, it was hysteria, to to say the least. (laughs) But I can remember as we would fight as brothers, what was modeled to me was, okay, Mike, did you punch your brother Mark in the stomach? Yeah. (laughs) Mark, did Mike punch you in the stomach? Yeah. Did it hurt? Yeah. Okay, Mike, tell Mark you're sorry. I'm sorry, Mark. Mark, say, I forgive you, Mike. 
I forgive you, Mike. <laughs> All right, y'all go off and play. And, and that was the process. <laughs> that was it. That, that was, was it. It. That, was, that, that was, you know, the process of forgiveness that, mm-hmm. that I learned. And I think when we look at the biblical meaning of forgiveness and, and and specifically when we look at how Jesus defined forgiveness, we know that it goes a lot deeper than than just a simple exchange mm. of, oh, okay, I hurt you. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive you. And in a short five or ten mm-hmm. seconds, it, 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 it's over. So what I'm hearing you say is just simply saying the words, hey, I'm sorry, or hey, I forgive you, doesn't always solve. It might be the start of it, right? Like, yes, let's let's talk about this. But certainly there's so much more to it. Um, I mean, how do you feel like Jesus brought some of that deeper meaning and deeper insight to what it means to forgive? Well, in this passage you referenced in Matthew 18, it's amazing to me that that in this one question that Peter asked, you know, essentially Peter wanting to feel good about himself uh, as it relates to this issue of forgiveness, uh, but also just this simple question, uh, how often do I forgive someone? Jesus takes that question and he launches into this parable. And many of us uh, know the title of this story as the unforgiving servant. And as we read this story, we see that Jesus uses this term forgiveness as it relates to the financial world. A uh, couple of verses in this passage, verse 27, uh, you have the master of the servant releasing him and he forgave him of the debt. Hmm. Uh, And then you go on down to verse 32, and you have uh, the wickedness exposed of the unforgiving servant uh, and the, the exchange, you wicked servant, I forgave you of your massive debt. Uh, but now you have not forgiven the the, the lesser mm. debt. And so it's in this passage that Jesus is using this term, forgiveness, which in the biblical uh, uh, realm, the word forgiveness was most used in the financial realm referring to debts that had not been paid uh, that needed to be paid. Mm. Uh, and so you have Jesus speaking uh, of one who owed a, uh, in verse 24, uh, one who owed a, a massive debt, uh, a, a debt that was so large he could never repay it. And in this story, you have the picture of this servant who has this massive debt, he'll never be able to repay it. And he's begging and begging. And and out of pity, the master just completely mm. releases him. Yep. And cancels the debt. And what word does Jesus use there? He forgave him. Mm. And so literally the, the, the background or, or the, the basis of that word forgive comes out of this context. Someone 
mm. is liable mm. for a debt that's good that they owe you and literally to forgive is to release that person from that liability and cancel completely cancel hmm. that debt wow you know I'm, what do you think about when he says um, you know how many times should i forgive you know is it uh is it seven times you know why did he throw out that number you know and then what what's significant about that you know i know you've thought a lot about this passage before um as Peter's asking Jesus, and he thinks he's doing good by throwing out the seven. What do you think about? And, DJ, that is what's fascinating to me here. Uh, Peter, I feel like, is a lot a lot like us. He's wanting to justify himself, and and many people felt that, that in the law at this time, the requirement was to forgive someone three times. And so Peter, feeling good about himself, says... How about Jesus? What, what, what if I forgave this guy up to seven times? And, and Peter, in his mind, I, I'm doing more than double mm. the requirement. And Jesus' shocking response, and I'm sure Peter just fainted and hit the floor when he heard Jesus say, well, Peter, how about not just seven times, how about 70 times seven? <laughs> and so yeah. Peter in his mind thinking, well, seven, boy, that, that's, that's more than double. And Jesus says, okay, I'll take your seven, and I'm going to tell you, let's multiply that by 70. Mm. Uh, and obviously emphasizing uh, that at the heart of Jesus, it, it's not about forgiving us a, a small, small debt or, or amount, and that's why he goes into this passage with this mm. first story of this massive, unpayable, you know, like a credit card debt of a million dollars, you know, just a massive, unpayable debt, and that is the debt that is forgiven mm. and canceled. Uh yeah. And and later on we'll get to to obviously in the the manner in which Christ has forgiven us. This is this is a picture mm-hmm. of, of that. Well, that's what I think about. It's it's such a great picture of when someone comes to realize that oh my goodness, like I've done wrong before God. I deserve. I have a debt because of what I've done. I'm separated from God. I deserve hell. They realize the significance of Jesus. Oh my goodness! Through Christ, I can know God, have a relationship, be forgiven, and it is such a great challenge. To how could we then receive that, and then hold things against others who slightly do us wrong? And you know, I'd love to ask you that because I feel like for me, thinking through the idea of forgiveness, sometimes it's helpful. I, don't, I feel like it's helpful for me to think through. What not forgiveness? If I'm if I'm withholding forgiveness, how? Because I think that impacts a person in a major way, both emotionally, physically, spiritually. I think the lack of forgiveness has a significant consequences. What are some things and indicators, practically? So, listener, because I I think that's helpful. What are some practical things that if we recognize in our mind? 
in our heart, we can go, wait a second, <laughs> ding, 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 this is, this is an indicator here that I might be withholding forgiveness right now. I think that's a great question, DJ, and I think that goes exactly to the context of this story in Matthew 18. Peter is actually presenting to Jesus the possibility that I, Peter, who you, Jesus, you've forgiven me of my massive debt, Peter is presenting a situation to Jesus where, okay, once I forgive this brother seven times, that's it. I'm not forgiving him anymore. Hmm. And it's out of that context then Christ shows this emphasis of if you've been forgiven a massive debt, and then even if you've forgiven somebody six or seven times, if you come to the point where you're not forgiving someone anymore, you have missed mm. the boat. And Jesus even calls that wickedness mm. uh, to, to, to not forgive. Mm. And so I think practically speaking, what we see is first that, that forgiveness, it, it is costly, it's not easy. Uh, debts that are owed to us, they, they, they don't just simply disappear, much like a, a debt to, to a financial institution just doesn't disappear. Someone has to absorb that liability. Someone has to, in essence, uh, assume responsibility uh, for that payment. Hmm. But also the practical implication of Every time Jesus forgives us, it's it's not only costly, but it's it's gracious. It's undeserved. Hmm. Uh, obviously, Jesus did not have to assume any of our debt. Hmm. The, these weren't his debts. Hmm. Uh, matter of fact, Jesus is the one person in Scripture, uh, the one person in history, for that matter, who's never had a debt. Hmm who's never owed anyone anything hmm. uh, based on his perfect life. So he's never wronged anyone. He's never offended anyone. He, and so all that uh, uh, Christ does to forgive us is out of, uh, of grace. And what's interesting is when we come to the practical implications of this and we read statements like the Apostle Paul making, like, forgive as Christ hmm. has forgiven you, I think there's things we can think about along those lines. Um, DJ is, how do we know if we've forgiven someone? Well, do we replay the incident hmm. over and over? Uh, you know, whatever that debt whatever that offense was, you know, do we find ourselves continually consumed by it mm. and, and bringing it up? Mm. I think that is a definite sign that, no, we have not canceled that debt. Mm. We're, we're still holding that debt uh, against that person. Yeah. And I feel like, speaking of that, thought because you're right you know if, if we're continuing to bring it up and even in our mind I know I've experienced you know when you forgive someone it can be actually absolutely genuine sincere and you be right with that person you've made peace you've moved on 
And then the enemy comes along the backside and wants to throw those thoughts back in your mind. And, you know, that's what I love, that picture of, you know, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's like any time, you know, Satan's the accuser, you know, he's like, and he does that to us. It's like, you know, and I love the picture of any time that thought tries to come back to my mind of what someone did wrong that I have a choice to make. I'm either going to dwell on it and think about it and then heart start to, even though I've truly forgiven them, it's amazing how this works. You can go through the process and then the enemy can bring up some of those things again. And, and then we have a choice on what we do with that. And you forgive again. And it doesn't mean it requires another conversation. Now you, they don't, you've already, that person, no, you've, that debt is cleared with them. But for you in your mind and heart, you got to choose what to do with that. And I think that's a great observation you made that if those thoughts are coming back, I mean, A, it's probably worth thinking, have I had that conversation? Because if you haven't had the conversation, you might need to start there and make it right. But then after that, you tell me, man, I just feel like it's it's helpful at that point. You've just got to clear it every single time. All right, God, I've done that. Help me to move on. You know, it's a prayer. It's a constant letting go. Um, then you're choosing, you know, I'm, I'm not going to think about this anymore. And when it does try to come back, you can kick it to the curb because you know it's done with. That's right. Forgiveness is is a decision. Much like when a bank decides to forgive or cancel a debt, it, it is a transaction. It is mm. a an action. So when we forgive, it's a conscious decision. And it's fascinating to me, DJ, when Paul in that great love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, one of the indicators of real love, love keeps no record mm. of wrongs. I think forgiveness is is mm. what he's thinking about mm. there. You you and so I, I think it is worth answering the question, you know, uh, we do not have the capability that God does when it comes to, you know, the, the scripture says he remembers our sins no mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest, DJ, I, I can go back to Beard Elementary School just like that, and I can remember, you know, evil things. Mm people did to me on the playground when I was a kid. Yep. Now, let's not get into evil things I did to other kids. For sure. I, I'm just talking yeah, about what, right. what they've done to me. That's right. And, and so you're exactly yeah. right. When, you know, our memory, we're not going to be able to forget hmm. pain from our past, maybe horrible things that, that people have done to us. And so forgiveness is not an issue of forgetting or when I, in essence, get over what mm. they did to me. No, no, no. Forgiveness, and it's not condoning mm. uh, right. evil from the past. But what it is, it is, it's knowing that I must make a conscious decision mm. to release someone. That's right. And the freedom that comes from that, DJ, is we know that. When we are refusing to forgive someone, a good way to know that is we're paying the price. We are filled with bitterness, resentment. There is no peace. Mm. Uh, there's hatred or, or, or there, there, there's bitterness. And so 
an indicator uh, that we really haven't made that conscious decision to release someone, to, to extend grace and, and, and let that person go in a sense, uh, is we're, we're, we're still keeping that record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, when we keep that record, Jesus is, is wanting Peter to understand you won't have peace You'll have bitterness. You'll have resentment. Mm. Uh, and, and obviously the gospel, the power of the gospel is that even with the reality of sin and debt, there can be reconciliation. Mm. There can be peace. There can be... Uh, and you're not sweeping the dead under the rug. You're not acting like it's not there or it didn't happen. No, you're actually dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh and experiencing peace mm. on the other side. Yeah, it's like there's two sides to, to wrongdoing. There's the person who did the wrong, and then there's the, the receiver of the wrongdoing. And, you know, that's, you know, oftentimes I feel like when it comes to forgiveness, it's probably easier said than done because we can know what to do, and we know what's right, and we know what's biblical, and yet when we're wronged, it can be very difficult to practically let those things go, you know, and so, you know, do you have any practical advice? And it could be, it could be a devastating thing that happened in the past. It could be as small as something, someone given a, a cutting word, a, you know, a sarcastic cut maybe towards somebody that kind of takes a shot at someone, whatever it may be, you know, what practically would you encourage listeners to when they know they've been wronged, something's legitimately happened, and, you know, they got to make a decision, like you said, how do you, where does that process begin? Where does it start? How do you respond to that when you've experienced it? Especially when the offense is major. Paul enters into the, his section on marriage with that, that imperative statement, forgive as Christ forgave you. And if we can go to the context of, of the marriage relationship for just a minute, no one knows us better mm. than our spouse. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've been married, you know, five years, 10 years plus, 20 years. There's plenty of wrong, uh, th- th- there's plenty of hurt. Uh, and, and, and so, in that context, for instance, you can see to say, hey, I'm just going to forgive you seven times, and then after that, no, 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 marriage is going to require a lifetime of forgiveness. And I think to that point, DJ, it is cultivating forgiveness in the marriage. And I want our listeners to hear this, that forgiveness will never be easy. Hmm. Forgiveness will never get easier, and even in marriage, to to love someone and be married to someone for 10-plus, 20-plus years, uh, we will always have to choose to forgive, and sometimes that will be a process. Mm. It'll take time, especially if you're talking about a major offense. Uh, Maybe there's somebody listening today, and maybe in your marriage or maybe from your past. Uh, there's issues like infidelity, 
maybe that led to a divorce or and and for those who have lived through that mm. that are listening today they know the pain that that comes from from that in in that close setting of home and, mm-hmm. and marriage uh, and, and so it can take a long time to process through the pain uh, the bitterness the hurt and that's okay mm. and if anything I think Jesus wants us to mm. see how costly forgiveness is but also how it will always be undeserved uh, it, you know it, it will always be a gracious choice and that's why I think marriage when when ultimately Paul says husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church what what does Christ do over and over and over he forgives. Mm. He loves us, even though he knows everything about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, we're thankful for God's grace and forgiveness. And so in marriage, we we should go into marriage with the expectation that, that it's going to require forgiveness. But every time we choose to forgive, it's going to demonstrate the power of the gospel mm. and really highlight not who I am, or in Peter's case, you know, how good Peter is. No, it, it's really going to emphasize forgive as Christ forgave you. It, mm. it really is going to shine the light on how loving and gracious and forgiving Jesus is. That's right. I love that, and I love your challenge to understand that forgiveness is a choice and a decisive decision you have to make, but also it's a process. And I think that can rattle us sometimes. We think we can just, you know, say the words, I forgive you, and expect it to just go away. Some of these things, it requires a working through. It requires, you know, some some thought and some and a process. And I think it's also really helpful to, if we understand, okay, this is going to be hard. Uh, as you said earlier, it's never easy to make this decision. This is going to be difficult. But the reward that's on the other side, if you're willing to walk through the process and and come out and truly forgive to where you're not bringing stuff up and harboring bitterness and it's affecting relationship and you're you're you are keeping track of wrongdoings and you're bringing up the you know whatever it may be, that it is such a freeing thing and peaceful thing when forgiveness is in place and when you have let it go and you know as you referenced that psalm uh, you know that we see when God he. He, uh, was it say he's cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, you know, and and uh, and and remembers it no more. You know what what a freeing thought, and I think you know, if I look at my own life, the times that I've not wanted to forgive and it, how it affects me, it's like man, it's it's not worth that. Like even though it's harder to forgive, man, what's on the other side of that is always so much better, always. There's so much peace and joy that comes from that, and and that's earned. It really is what I hear you say. I mean, you, you, that doesn't happen without a little process, which means sometimes that requires some hard work. It means maybe humbling ourselves, and whether it's get counseling or have a conversation or spend some significant time in, in, in the Scriptures about how God has forgiven us, right? So that maybe that's, we've forgotten that. So then we're real quick to hold. It's like this guy that Jesus was, it's like, he probably should have thought about all that debt that he had, 
you know, before he went, because had he thought about that, just for a second, like, wait a second, I just got cleared a huge debt. I should probably be pretty gracious with this small one. So obviously coming back to the scriptures, you know, and all the, the passages that talk about how he has forgiven us and, you know, um, what's the Romans? Uh, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, those, such a freeing thought, man. So, well, I know we could talk more. Do you have any, uh, just any more thoughts that we didn't get to? I know we we could do a part two of forgiveness, and we may have to. We probably need to. It's it's a great conversation. But do you have any, any other thing that you just want to be sure and share for this one? I would just encourage our listeners, if something has come to mind today, uh, maybe they haven't. One, maybe they haven't fully experienced the forgiveness that Christ offers. Mm. Uh, or secondly, maybe maybe there is bitterness or lingering resentment over some issue, some relationship, uh, something in their marriage mm. or something in their past. Uh, just don't run from that. Uh, it is the greatest truth in the Bible that, that Jesus uh, forgives all sin and, and that you and I can forgive others in that same manner. So mm, I, I, that's, you know, that, that's my prayer is that everyone listening today will be able to experience the peace of God that comes mm. through Christ, but then also that, that you can have peace with others uh, no matter what has has been done, and that's true because we didn't, you know, we didn't even get into this. But this is one side of the coin where if you've been wrong, sometimes, especially if that person knows Jesus, and you know they've got a great relationship with you, they want things right. They may come to you and say, "Hey, look, I this is what I did. I was wrong. You know, I I sincerely apologize. I want to let you know. You know, hey, will you forgive me? That's great. Like that that sets the that sure does set it up nice to forgive. That doesn't always happen. And, you know, I think of the Romans verse, you know, make every effort to live at peace with all men. The implication is, you you know, sometimes there's rifts, but we can do our part. And I think, you know, obviously if someone comes to us, that's awesome. But even if they don't, it's still our choice. Even if they don't, and sometimes that's the harder thing to do because it's like we, I'll speak for me, it's like we expect them, hey, you need to come to me. I'm not, I'm not going to forgive until... They need to come and make it right with me, right? Like we we want them to. You need to, you know. It's all about them. I was like, wait a second. You know, there is no excuse for me to harbor bitterness and anger and resentment and and to withhold forgiveness because sometimes, and there's a thousand different reasons someone may not be willing to admit that. But sometimes I've got to be willing to. And if 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 we need to have a conversation, great. But I feel like there's a lot of times. I've got to be one to forgive without that conversation take place. If that person is unwilling to admit wrong or they're just, or for whatever reason, it's, it's, there's, that's not possible. Um, I mean, man, sometimes people pass away and you don't even have the chance to have that conversation. I think sometimes those are the hardest things to overcome as far as forgiveness because you, it, it, you don't get that conversation. And yet the opportunity still remains to choose to forgive and it's hard, but I love how you gave the challenge is that don't run from it. And regardless of if that conversation's happened or not, you can the opportunity to forgive is always available through the grace of Jesus. Well, I think we've got 
a topic for part two, part two. DJ, yeah. and that is we can explore, you know, when Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive. Mm. In reality, he forgave us long before we ever True. asked for it. True. I mean, a couple thousand years before yeah. you and I came around. So That's I right. think next time we okay. can just kind of explore that. Deal. We'll do it. Well, thanks so much, Mike, and thank you guys for listening in. We're so glad uh, to get more podcasts out to you, and we hope and pray that these are an encouragement to you and that you can have some practical things that can help you in your walk with Christ, in your relationship with God, your relationship with people. And so, uh, so glad that you listened in. Thank you. If you haven't subscribed today, I want to encourage you to do so. We've got more episodes lined up, and we are excited to get those out to you. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to church connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the God we love and serve. God bless.